You're listening to the cycling podcast Femina, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Annemiek van Vleuten is an exceptional woman. That might sound like an obvious thing to say given her racing credentials, but for me, it's more than that. Engaged and engaging, she's not someone who waits to be asked for a quote or an interview. She happily puts her own voice out there. And it's a voice that has been hard earned and worth listening to. Winning her first five races as world champion last year, this year has been geared to timing her peak for the delayed Olympic Games. Yet she's still taken five wins along the way and currently holds the Women's World Tour leader's jersey. It's that jersey that led Van Vloten to get in touch with me a short time ago, or at least quotes about the jersey that had been completely misreported, it turns out, and had formed the basis of a discussion on the cycling podcast Femina. Van Vloten is a regular listener to the podcast, so she didn't hesitate to send me a WhatsApp to tell me we had the story completely wrong. So who better to lead an extended corrections corner than Annemiek Van Vloten herself? If nothing else, I knew I'd be in for a fun and fascinating catch-up. Still guessing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat or drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimise your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insights and personalised analytics. We're here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. So, Annemiek, first of all, let's clear up our discussion on the podcast, which centred on what it now turns out to be misquoted uh, quotes from you. Um, I had read a news article saying that you were delighted to be wearing the Women's World Tour Leaders jersey and that it was more important to you than race wins. And we discussed this on the podcast because we find that so unusual. It was the first time I'd heard a rider of any calibre saying that, never mind someone like you. So we were really surprised and thought, oh, that must mean something about the Leaders jersey. But actually, you said the complete opposite, I understand. Is that right? Yeah, so there was not any word to from that interview that <laughs> was the translation of my audio interview afterwards. And uh, no, for me, it is about winning races. And I'm not at all interested in gaining points for the World Tour Leader jersey. It's uh, very prestigious to, um, to win races. And that's also the beauty of cycling. And if you start to race for points, it makes also racing less interesting, I think. So I always race for the win. So it was super funny for me to hear this in your podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, it was a miscommunication with my team. They had a really bad audio file. So that's why they translated me wrong. And um, I made a joke to them like, you apparently do don't know me so well yet, because otherwise you would not have written this down. Um, but they apologize for it. So um, yeah, it's all cleared up now. But yeah, no, for me, it's uh, racing is about winning races. And, and that's also for me where it should be uh, not, not so much about classmen. I'm glad you were listening to the podcast, Annemiek, and were able to correct us on that. I mean, one of the things that we find interesting was that since the Women's World Tour in its current form was launched and since the jersey was brought into being, we sort of questioned from the outside or observers of the sport, I guess, just what significance the jersey has. So from what you're saying, it sounds like it doesn't yet have any significance. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's correct. But I have to say, when I was in 2011 and I made a really big goal out of to win the World Cup, we had then nine races that were in the World Cup races. 
for me, it was a really big goal. And it was also really nice to, I was super proud of wearing that World Tour, uh, World Cup leader jersey and also to win it in the end. Um, so then I was racing for the points. And for me, at that, when I was younger, uh, I found it very uh, prestigious and really cool thing to win. And maybe also for the young rider leader jersey, it's also really something really nice. But yeah, the question I have is that, yeah, maybe the teams are not so happy with it because it takes a bit away of um, responsibilities uh, to show them. And also in the men's world too, you also don't see it. So it should be equal. Um, and I think also there's no prize money involved. So you, if you win it, you get zero prize money, zero euro. So it's not very a prestigious thing. And I think it's better to have like super beautiful, focus on the beautiful will to race itself, but not so much. Don't make a classmate out of it. I'm way more happy if you have like more will to races that like Paris Robert, like that's a will to that's something I really, uh, I'm really happy with, but not so much with the overall classmate. But I would hope that the UCI is more investing more to support organizations to get uh, to a will to level, for example, or to help them with television coverage or. I think they should invest their time and energy in this. With more momentum building towards the Tour de France fam, what do you think of that race as a concept? And, and do you welcome the fact that that's coming into being next year? Yeah, I'm really uh, positive about it. I'm super happy. I think I didn't get uh, so much into it yet because my focus is now more for Tokyo indeed. And I just wait until it's um, like um, ready to to be raced and uh, their stages are announced and what it will be. But what I've heard so far is that they want to start it the day after the Tour de France is finished. And I think this uh, is perfect. So I'm really happy with this concept. You will never win if you organize it at the same time. Fundamental Tour de France is way too big and it's better to to give us our own podium, um, but still have it a little bit attached to it. So maybe if people uh, are like still excited from the Tour de France and it's finished and they can t- con- continue the momentum and watching also our uh, winners race. So yeah, I think it's a... Uh, it's a, the, so far what I read from it, also that it should not be something they, they want to have it also uh, financial independence. And I think also I believe in uh, that they should make women's cycling into, uh, yeah, have a good business model for, around it. We should also sell our sport. It should not cost uh, money, but I think this is possible um, if, we, uh, if organizers uh, play it smart. And I think we're ready to sell women's cycling. So um, yeah, I like that concept also. From a rider's perspective, what will a successful Tour de France femme look like? And, and what kind of a course does it need to be to justify the prestige that the name brings to it? Uh, I think it should have everything in it. So a small Tour de France. So it should have spin stages. It should have a time trial. It should also opportunities for the climbers on a, hopefully on a really famous uh, mountain finish. That would be really cool because I can also feel in the Giro if we race up on Zonkolan or... Motorola, it has more impact. Uh, it's also more easy to explain to the people um, at home what you're doing actually in Italy or in France at that time. Just say, yeah, it's, it's maybe a big dream for me to finish one time all the West, for example. But yeah, let's not forget about sprinting. So it should have all the ingredients and also some intermediate stages. So I hope stages with really nice ingredients to make a really interesting race. Um, but that also that all kind type of riders are interested in racing the Tour de France. So what about the Olympic Games then, Annemiek? We are getting ever closer and it has been a long time coming for these games in particular. How do you feel at this stage ahead of the Games? Excited, um, but not as excited as I hoped for. 
to be honest, I was in London and in uh, Rio Olympics there. And yeah, this Olympic Games will be completely different. Um, I'm a little bit sad for the girls that going for the first time to Olympics because this will not be real, will not have the Olympic feeling. Uh, we are not going to the Olympic Village. Um, we are only with cyclists, I think, stuck in one hotel. Uh, at the moment, it's not sure if we can even train outside or how much we can sew outside. So it will be very limited and very regulated. And uh, yeah, it all makes sense for the situation that's still there in Japan. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sad about this because one of the beauties of the Olympic Games is to share the Olympic feeling also in the team of the Netherlands or in the team of the country you're in to celebrate the first medal you get uh, when the team is coming back to the, to the house where you all live together. Yeah, that is um, a really important ingredient. It's like I would say almost half of the experience of the Olympics is to share it with other athletes. That will be all now. I think we will not have any one, not one percent of that feeling in this Olympic Games. Yeah, it's going to be such a huge shame, even from my perspective. I think that's such a massive part of what makes the Olympics the Olympics. Does it take any of the shine off the Olympics? Do you think? Does it take any motivation away from the Olympics? For me, it doesn't take away uh, motivation because still, you know that everyone on television can will be watching it. But it will, yeah, it will take away a bit for me the shine of the event and the, the memories I have from from London for example from the Holland Heidegger house we have like celebrate all together with the Dutch audience and I have so many nice memories and I'm so sad that in this Olympic Games it will be like nothing mm. of that really Olympic feeling but I'm also at the moment really expecting nothing. So hopefully I think that's a, a good way to target it. And that I'm at the moment I'm prepared that I will be stuck in a hotel for two weeks and don't have any Olympic feeling. And then I cannot leave my room um, and maybe even have like lunch and dinner in my hotel room. Um, yeah, also, everything is also still really unsure. So my national coach is also driving crazy, I think, because of the situation, because everyone is still unclear. Yeah, so I'm, I'm prepared for the worst scenario. And then uh, hopefully we can still get some uh, Olympic uh, spirit. But yeah, that's one thing. And the other thing is just like prepare, prepare uh, 100%. And I'm still doing that. So no matter what, how the Olympics will look like, um, I'm still targeted uh, as my biggest goal this year. Yeah, my goal is to be there at my best possible form. Because you have decided not to do La Course and the Girodonna. Was that a difficult decision for you to concentrate instead on altitude training ahead of the games? Uh, yeah, first I was well, when it was raised La Course on the Mur, uh, the Mur de Bretagne, it was quite an interesting course. So then I, uh, it's worth for me the travel to go there. It's also not really easy to travel there. Um, but then they changed the course and I uh, had a discussion with my team. And uh, yeah, I felt like it's maybe better if I go a bit earlier to, uh, to altitude because now the, the race doesn't suit me so well anymore. It's still hard, but it's also really hard to get there log- logistically. And, and after a big block of Spanish racing uh, in three weeks, three weeks I did in total. Um, yeah, I was free for my team to prepare for Tokyo. So that's um, what I did. Um, it's really hard to say no to the Giro because it's, uh, yeah, maybe it's now not will to anymore. But for me, that doesn't change because I just love Italy. I love racing there and I love uh, the Giro. So it has a very special place in my heart. Uh, it was hard to decide not to race it. Um, but all the time when I think like, uh, oh, I want to race it, I have a big scar in my wrist of uh, crashing out the Giro last year, uh, only eight days before the World Championships. 
And it's a, it's a good reminder when I get too excited and think like, oh, I can still do the Giro. And uh, then I think, no, it's, it's not the, the main reason is not that I'm scared of, of crashing because yeah, you always have that. Um, I mean, I'm also racing Saturday in the national championships. Um, but the main reason for me is that I think I can prepare myself better in altitude, uh, also with more specific trainings. And it takes also away a lot of mental energy if you target your Giro as a GC contender. It's different if you target your status, but if you're targeting as a GC contender, I know that after 10 days, I'm like completely empty and I need to recharge myself. And um, instead of that, I now go to Paso Foscano, my happy place, where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the magic happens there mainly in my head. And I come back usually the after week, like with a really clear head and uh, super full of energy. And uh, so that's like almost 180 degrees uh, opposite of how I, uh, how I will return after 10 days uh, stressy zero with a lot of travel and like a lot of stress to defend uh, or maybe to to get try to get uh, the pink makes total sense what can you tell me Annemiek about um the phenomenal Dutch team that you're going to have for the road race at the Olympic Games and what I guess any kind of game plan will be and what I mean by that obviously you're not going to tell me um give away any national secrets here but but how much is decided in advance of the race? How much is decided as the race goes on? You've got a team whereby any one of you could realistically be in with a shout of winning. And it, well, any one of you would be favourites really to win. How does that work between you? Yeah, so Monday we have a meeting in, uh, in Papua, here in, in the Netherlands. So we will be uh, all together and we sit down and uh, share this one of the points to discuss there. So um, after the national championship, we'll uh, have uh, one day together with uh, like all, uh, all kind of fittings and clothing and but also this will be one part and also to get prepared and ready for the Tokyo what we can expect there. Yeah it's yeah, I'm super proud to be part of this four girl squad. Yeah it's a dream team. But that will also mean that a lot of people will only look at uh, us. So we will have the pressure and that's uh, I, I know how that is. So that's we're also really prepared for to have the pressure. So that's also not new for us. Um, we're just having an amazing strong team. And um, yeah, I think it's also a really balanced team because uh, if all the countries will want to beat us, they also cannot wait for the sprint. So they will make it also more interesting that we have more cards to play. And if they want to isolate us, they have to also to do something because uh, yeah, I think uh, if they all wait, uh, we have Marianne Voss and also Dame following there quite fast. So, um, yeah, quite I think fast. it's a super balance. Yeah, it's yeah, super fast. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But also a really big impact will be the, the climate. So um, I think uh, it's a really reduced peloton. Eh? I'm a bit sad that uh, there's only 63, I think, riders. I'm super happy that in, uh, in next Olympics it will be equal with the men. For me, that's a really important thing. I think this is really uh, not okay situation okay but we have to deal with it it makes it also more interesting if you have 130 riders so now we have only five countries with four girls so it will be also hard there will not be not many countries that take the responsibility and i'm always a bit anxious that it will uh, end up in a not so interesting race because of this it's a bit my uh, anxiety for the one of the biggest races everyone's looking forward to but also one people it's the it's a race where we have the lowest level in quality in four years because there are so many girls at home with only 63 riders riding there so yeah i i really hope it will be a really interesting race because it's super important also for you deciding that we have like a, a really exciting one i'm confident in my team and i can also confidence in that they have so much responsibility and professionalism in this team that 
and yeah, we will not ride against each other. So uh, yeah, I think uh, we will make each other stronger. That's really interesting. It matters to you then as you're riding for Olympic glory that the race is interesting as well. That That's a factor of consideration for you. Yeah, as, uh, I think I feel still really responsible to develop my sport uh, with my cycling. So that's yeah, one of the main reasons I'm extra sad that we have only 62 riders because there are less, less people, uh, counties that can take responsibility in the race. There are a lot of counties that only have one rider. Uh, it's a big showcase. So uh, a lot of uh, people will only look at uh, women's cycling one time in four years. And um, because it's on Olympics, and that's the moment to get more fans on board. So um, last year, I, I, last uh, Olympics, I did a good effort. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> to have it uh, <laughs> not boring. <laughs> yeah, all in your own. Thank you for that. Yeah. That was a very noble it, sacrifice. <laughs> it made it very exciting. But um, yeah, I, I'm so happy that I kind of that I can laugh about it. And um, yeah, yeah that, uh, it's just part of my life and of my cycling life. So I'm super happy that it's not a, a big scar in my, in my head or something. And um, so I, I see in the Tokyo Olympic Games just as a, a new event. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, for me um, important. I, I will be extra happy. It is a really also a really beautiful and interesting race. So I feel a bit responsible for that. I'm not really responsible. I, I cannot have that in my own hands. We have to do that together. But um, yeah, I hope it's. I hope it will be interesting. I love that though. I think that's beautiful to hear. It's so it, it matters. You know, it just matters to get people invested and to realize how amazing the sport is. A last quick question, if you don't mind, about your new team. You've mentioned obviously that you had discussions with them about skipping races to concentrate on Tokyo. So I'm going to guess from that, and I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that you've reached a level of support from them with that. How have you found adapting to Movistar? It's a team that's had an awful lot of um, extra interest in it because of the Netflix documentary. And, and we're hoping that the woman might feature a bit more heavily in the next season. How have you found the whole setup? So yeah, actually, I'm hoping that they, that we will not be joining in the in the third episode because oh, I think why? the boys are doing it. Yeah, the boys are doing it amazing in the Netflix. They don't need <laughs> us for the drama. <laughs> no, um, I think maybe it's uh, in this way it's good to have it separate. <laughs> no, um, I'm a bit joking. Um, I think the the guys also have like have them in the ground tools every day with them, so they have everything recorded and. Um, which makes it also really interesting for me. It was also really interesting to, to watch it. Um, I think uh, in the women's team, the team is a bit smaller, so it's also a bit more easy to uh, change some stuff because we don't have the history they have in the team that they're doing it like for years and years and years already. So I see a little bit, um, how do you say, shorter lines, like it's a mm-hmm. bit more easy to maybe if we can change something that we we are where yeah maybe maybe we're a bit ahead of the guys at some point yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is just because we are a smaller team and we don't exist so long so i don't 100 recognize what i saw in the netflix um in our team actually i i don't recognize it at all in the women's team it's quite different um how we are coached and and uh, because yeah because i think because we're smaller but um, yeah, I'm super happy in the team. Um, I'm also really, uh, really cool to see Emma Northgaard uh, resigning. It's, uh, it's, yeah, for me, it's also awesome to have her also coming into the team because she's targeting exactly the races I don't want to target. It makes me really proud that Movistar is not, but first was said like Movistar is only for Fleuten. Now they have way, way more girls that uh, 
that perform. And I can also see that a lot of girls in our team, not only Emma and me, but uh, are like uh, getting higher and higher levels. And it makes me so proud and so extra motivated, I think. One of my motivation this year, extra motivation, is also the new energy is coming from riding with the new with these new girls. They have an amazing quality and they have so much talent to develop in this team. And um, yeah, I'm super proud to be part of it. So um, yeah, it's not only getting myself in a better shape, but I feel really this year that it also gives me a lot of energy to, like for for example, the Tour of Valencia to ride together with this team and um, yeah, to give them new experience and to experience new things, new things together and uh, race together and find each other and. Um, It's a really cool environment. It really suits me. The South Mediterranean, a bit like relaxed, but also focused and also really professional uh, with good material and um, but also some good laughs. I feel uh, really at home. The cycling podcast Femina is supported by Science in Sport. Science in Sport, fueled by science. Thank you very much indeed to Science in Sport for supporting the cycling podcast. Always grateful to them for their support since 2016. If you want 25% off all your Science and Sport products, go to scienceandsport.com and enter the discount code SISCP25 at the checkout. Throughout the Tour de France, we will be running a competition in conjunction with Science and Sport to win a bundle of Science and Sport products. All you have to do is predict the winner of each Sunday's stage beginning this Sunday, stage two, Go to thecyclingpodcast.com to enter our predictions competition, Super Sunday competition. Uh, any uh, successful pickers will be, uh, their names will be put in a Cycling Podcast casket and one lucky winner will be picked out to win the prize. Thanks once again to Science and Sport and thanks to Orla Shinoui and Annemiek van Vluten. Always great to hear from listeners and uh, when Orla heard from Annemiek van Vluten following our last episode of the Cycling Podcast Femina, she was obviously very keen to do the interview that we've just heard, and I found lots in it that was fascinating. Um, her talking about the Olympic Games, missing races in order to focus on those. Some lovely lines about the movie star Netflix series as well. I hope that she changes her mind on that, and the women's team do let the the film crew in next season because that would be uh, fascinating to contrast them with the men's team by the sounds of things. Um, But yeah, great to hear from Annemiek van Vluten and we'll see her next at the Olympic Games in Tokyo after the Tour de France. A reminder that throughout the Tour de France, we will be producing nightly episodes and Mondays to Fridays, Kilometre Zero, uh, five episodes a week of Kilometre Zero. So join us in Brittany from Saturday and uh, following the uh, Tour de France, we will return that week with the next episode of the Cycling Podcast Femina. In the meantime, thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Cycling Podcast Femina Extra. Extra.